Welcome back to another episode of the Draw Control Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by redshirt senior from the Coastal Carolina women's lacrosse team, Jordan Gertz. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and welcome to the Draw Control Pod. How's everything going? Pretty good. I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you on as well. And obviously, fall semester for most people is coming to a close. So how was your fall semester, both on and off the field? So off the field, I had a really nice fall semester because uh, before an undergrad, I was a biology major. So that was a lot of work, just busy work all the time studying. And this year, because I graduated uh, in the spring, I was able to do a one-year program for to get my master's degree. So I was able to do that all online. So it really gave me a lot of free time to put in some more work for lacrosse when I needed to. So that was really a treat for my last year. And on the field, it was just so much fun. It's like it really sunk in that this is my last fall ball. Everyone says you have your first last and all that kind of stuff. But this one this year, it was just kind of leave it all out on the field. It's the fall kind of really get me prepared for what I'm going to see in the spring. Yeah. What were some things that you worked on in regards to training that you're trying to get better at before the season begins in February? I just really wanted to kind of hone in on the smaller things and just the fundamentals and just kind of go back to think back to last season where some like some areas I might have struggled where I knew I could have done more, done better. And just so when springtime comes around, I just want to be ready to go and have that all polished off and not have any doubts in the back of my mind for anything. Now, obviously, being a senior this year, what type of leadership have you tried to bring to the team? Would you consider yourself more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? I, If you were to ask my teammates, I'm definitely very vocal. Um, I'm always talking, whether it's on the sideline or on the field, just always yelling, doing something, just always communicating 24-7, just because I am a defender, so I am used to that. And that's just something I think helps me play better, and I know that it helps the people around me. So I'm definitely not afraid to say something that needs to be said or to talk through things. But I think also I kind of took on that role a lot last year uh, when I was a captain. Definitely the vocality part was huge for me. But this year I really kind of focused on a lot more of the people around me and myself too. And I wanted to make sure that before I leave, I set a good example and I am a role model for the rest of the girls that are coming through. Yeah. Is it hard to be vocal? Because I feel like as your first two years on the team, you're sort of, it's sort of like a hierarchy where the seniors and juniors talk and you sort of have to follow their lead and uh, try to say a exa good example for the rest of your teammates. So how do you try to, I guess, build up being more vocal or does it sort of come natural for you? I would say, um, luckily, when I was like a freshman and a sophomore, our upperclassmen, they were, if you had something to say, say it, you like all you, we believe in you, we respect what you have to say. So I think coming in too, I just didn't let myself fall in that mindset of, oh, you're a freshman, keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was like, cause that's when I played in high school too, I was also very vocal just because just always talking, but I knew that if I fell into that habit of not being someone who is vocal, it's going to just bite me in the butt down the road. And I think a lot of it with being vocal and not being afraid to speak up at the right kind of moments and just kind of putting your voice out there, like also just kind of has your teammates trust you a little bit more because they know that you're ready to talk about something if you need to, and you're locked in. Yeah, Absolutely. We'll talk a little bit more about what fall ball was like for your team, specifically from the games that your team played. And what did you just take away from those practices and scrimmages and how have the new players have looked uh, for your team so far? I think definitely starting off the fall, it was kind of just same old like, oh, we're back. Like, we're so excited. This is fun. We're going to have fun. And then obviously doing kind of some fundamental things at practice to get ready. And then 
once we started the fall ball games with the rule changes, our first fall ball game was, it was insane. We had no idea what to do. I could probably count on two hands, the number of green cards we got just like that. And that kind of made us go, oh gosh, we really need to go back and focus. And I think it made everyone dial in way more and focus a lot more because we realized that we are, it's, it felt like we were playing a totally new game. So that's kind of played a part in practice too. just practice how you want to play. And we realized that this is a whole new set of rules. Like we have to dial it in now and focus to make those kind of changes. So I would say in years past, our fall has been a little bit more relaxed, just kind of seeing like going with the flow, putting things in that we need to put in. But this year we were way more ready to compete. And in fall ball games, I think we held ourselves to a new standard this year. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the rule changes, like, I guess that have brought you the most struggle because obviously a lot of these fall ball games aren't broadcasted for the public. So I'm curious how um, it's like for fans that might have not seen it, like just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the new rule that I think is really kind of, and I I know there's a lot of other teams and other coaches that have spoke about the rule too, because it's same thing that not, not enjoyable because it just slows everything down. So pretty much it's the fact that if you make any sort of foul between the thirties and the midfield, you get a green card, which is a one minute penalty. And then your defense has to play man down or offense man down, whichever way the ball is going. So that was hard because it seemed like in the beginning we were only playing man down defense and that, and it slowed everything down too. And we were just like, why are we playing man down the whole time and same with our offense? So I think, um, and another thing is too, I was like, as a defender, I was like, well, I don't want to go up into like, it kind of held me back a little bit for a little bit. I was just a little scared to go out and play a little more aggressive and like further out than I usually do. Because if I'm a defender and I'm in between the 30s and I'm playing, to me, what seems like good defense, which I'm playing defense the whole game. So I think I would not have to have a huge hit or anything like that. If I'm up there playing defense and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and they call that foul, it's just like, it's so, it's just upsetting. It's so like you lose that momentum. And that's like a lot of it too. It's the game lost its momentum. It just went a lot longer. But once we kind of figured out how to play those kind of rules and kind of adjusted, it really took probably a few games, then I think we could see how it can be different and quicker because mm -hmm. it makes sense in the end, but definitely not our favorite rule change, but we're getting used to it. Yeah. I do think it's funny how they're talking about sort of speeding up the game. Um, and then they make a rule change that slows it down. It just seems very counteractive to me at yeah. least. No, a hundred percent. That's what we were thinking too, because by the time you get a green card, I mean, you have some people that you get a card, they're like, okay, this is a time for my team to take a break. I'm walking off which is usually if I get a yellow card, I'll jog a little bit and then I'm like, okay, let me walk. So the rest of the, whoever can get a break and defense can get set up that kind of thing. But now when people do that still slows it down. And sometimes they'll still blow the whistle when you're still walking off. It's, it was just yeah. a lot. So I feel like definitely in the fall, it seemed a lot more counteractive, but I think going into the spring, a lot more teams have gotten used to how the rule is now. And we're just getting used to playing it. And it's just, you just mm -hmm. got to move faster everywhere now. Yeah. And also maybe they're just, uh, since it's a new world, they're just being more strict about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe when the games start, it'll be a little bit, they'll be a little bit more loose about it. I just think they're just trying to, the refs are trying to learn during fall ball as well. So yeah, I think that's definitely. something that people need to remember as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I saw a lot, a big change in the refs too, by the end of the season, mm -hmm. I could tell the ones that I, I've recognized like in season playing when they're out there, they kind of know the level of physicality and that kind of stuff, whether it is cardable or not. So it did get better as mm -hmm. the season went by. It seemed like fall ball got better for your team because I saw a video of one of your teammates breaking someone's ankles in one of the tournament games. So uh, it seemed like it got a little bit better. I don't know if you have any comment about that because I'm assuming as a defender, 
you're excited to see one of your teammates break someone's ankles, but as a defender, it's also like, I hope that's not me um, in a video at some point this season. Oh, it's so, it's like, I love, love it when it happens to other people, but so humbling when it happens to me. And just like, it's just cool though, that like we have videos of that kind of stuff that gets posted and like really putting our team out there. And it's like, we are like, and you could see from like older videos that we had too, and like to now, it's just like we, you can see that there's been improvement it's, and it's just really cool to watch too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Well, what are your team's goals uh, and expectations for this year? Obviously, always win the ASUN championship. That's our number one goal. But I think one of the things that we talked about too was we set huge goals. And obviously, every team has the goal of wanting to win, 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 win the championships. But we really focused on kind of taking a step back and looking at it one game at a time and kind of breaking it down and thinking, okay, what area here do we have to win in order to win the game? And it's whether it's we beat the other team number of ground balls below the 30 or our draw control percentage, was it better than the other team and that kind of stuff. And so that's one way we kind of looked at it. It's just kind of like a one, almost like a one day at a time kind of thing, just one game at a time, focus on what's directly ahead of you and the rest of the stuff is going to fall into place. So that's kind of just something that our new mantra that we've been really working on. And I think it's helped a lot of people just dial in a little bit more instead of looking at a huge picture that you can kind of get lost in. Yeah. And individually, do you want to accomplish anything as well for your last year in college? I definitely want to ball out. But <laughs> I think um, last year, I, I last year was a little different. I didn't really know what I thought I was going to keep being the same player that I was my junior year. So my senior year, I was like, okay, I'll probably, I'll do fine. I'll like, I'll make it. And then last year I surprised myself and I was very excited to make all conference. Like that was, I would have never expected that if you asked me that the year before. And so that was a huge deal for me. So obviously this year I would love to be at that same place again. And then also just, I think like a goal that would be fun is just like, and our team goal is like get some more people that can be like all Americans that make the honorable mention, like that kind of stuff, because we know that we have the talent. We know that we have people to do that. So I know that like, that's a goal for me. And I know other girls think that way too. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously for those individual awards to happen, it's kind of funny, even though they're individual awards, they're really team awards, because obviously that individual can't have success if the team around them isn't helping them out um, to get those stats to make that happen. So I think that's a good individual goal to have because then it makes the team better. Yeah. I mean, I can think so many times in games where I was, I would be doing something with a teammate and I'm like, they box out for me and they got me that ground ball. And I was like, I got that because of them. And it's just like a whole team Mm -hmm. effort. And that's something we realized too. It's like, we all help each other out in different ways. And like, we love seeing our own teammates, like get the recognition that they deserve. And it's just really nice to have just selfless teammates. Absolutely. Well, let's transition now and talk about the beginning of your career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. So uh, from the research that I did on yourself, it says that you're from Hanover, Pennsylvania. Uh, So talk about growing up there and how did you start playing lacrosse? So Hanover, Pennsylvania, it's right around Gettysburg and it's known as the snack food capital of the world. So it's in a little bit of little rural area. So around me, I had no idea what lacrosse was at all. I grew up and I was either going to play softball or basketball, went with basketball and it helped me out so much. But um, yeah, so it wasn't, I didn't grow up in an area that lacrosse was very big. Uh, I think there was maybe at the time, like three or four rec teams in my area. So they really just started it when I was in around fourth grade is when I got into lacrosse. And just because it was so, it wasn't very big in my area, it wasn't very well known. I would travel down to Maryland because it was only, I was like 15 minutes away from the Maryland line. So 
I would travel down there from elementary school to middle school to high school. And that's where I would play lacrosse. So I never, the only time I really got exposure in Pennsylvania was just in high school. And I think it was definitely, it was nice, but I also, it was hard because I was coming in and I was like, I have no idea what to expect. And I was like in fourth grade and I was just like, I have no idea what this is. I can barely catch a throw. And I know Maryland's like the place for lacrosse at the time. So that obviously freaked me out, but I think it was nice for me just to kind of get out of my comfort zone and go somewhere else where I can get the exposure I needed early on just around players too, that can still teach me and coaches too, that have been around longer than the people back in Pennsylvania. And growing up, did you watch any lacrosse? And if so, who are some of your favorite players and teams that you liked? I remember it. So when I, growing up, I didn't, I didn't watch it too much until I got involved in it. It was kind of something my parents just threw me in, but I would say my, um, if I had to pick a favorite player, it, it was probably Katie Schwartzman because she went to Maryland and that was right there. And I just remember seeing her at one of my like club team little play day things. And I was just remembered her and I'm like, I feel like I could like, she, I remember seeing her and I'm like, I feel like she kind of resembles me. And that was just kind of someone I, she looked like someone I could kind of emulate, I guess, from a young age and kind of give myself a standard of how I want to be in college. Well, let's talk about your high school lacrosse career, because before college, you played for your high school at Southwestern High. Uh, Just talk about your experience there and what you took away from it. And like, what's the best memory you have from those days when you look back on it now? I think um, just that experience overall, I really had like, again, there wasn't there wasn't that much there. So I really I'm like, when I'm in high school, I'm going to take the time to just put myself anywhere. And even though I was I played defense and club and and obviously in college now when I was in high school I played midfield and I think just putting me anywhere that they needed me and they put me in all over the field and that was really helped me just develop as a player too helped me develop my stick work so much and I think just that it's kind of taking on a different type of role than what I'm in used to now so it was nice coming into college where it's more defined and I know what I'm doing and then in high school it was kind of kind of a free-for-all so it was fine it was nice but it definitely loved coming here and having some structure, but I think the, I think just be, playing in high school, the best part of it was just kind of just being able to play with older people. And I think that was the best part. And like some of the best memories I have is just making the really good friendships with teammates that are older than me. And like, again, that helped me come into college. So those are probably like my best memories is just being around like teammates and being with girls that are older than me. And it was just a lot of fun. Now, how do you think your club lacrosse experience helped prepare you for college? Because you played club lacrosse for Checkers Elite. So I'm just curious about that. It probably helped your defense out because you are a defender now and you play, You like you mentioned, you played defense um, with your club team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would not trade my club experience for anything. Like I had the best coach, Jess Onheiser. She, played, she was phenomenal. And she was not only had such a high lacrosse IQ she just really also taught us just how to be a good person and I think that was I didn't really have like a figure in in my life like a coach or someone like that that would tell me those kind of things and just kind of how you should carry yourself on and off the field how you should have integrity those kind of things and she taught me just a lot of just how I want to how I want to look to other people and kind of my how I come off to people whether it's lacrosse or my own self like out in the community so I think that was probably the biggest takeaway it's just like I was coached by an amazing person who really set me up for how I want to come off to people 
And aside from that, she just really helped me out with the recruiting process. And if I didn't have her as someone who could legitimately walk me through every part of it, I have no idea where I would end up. I would probably be somewhere I would hate and I would be miserable and just not having like an amazing career and an amazing time here. Let's talk about your recruiting process with Coastal Carolina. What was that like for yourself and what made you want to go there versus other schools you might have looked at? Yeah, so in the beginning, um, so when I first started getting recruited, that was when I was in ninth grade. So that was before the rule change. So I was following along with like a few schools. They were definitely, I would say reach schools, but I had ambitions. So I wanted to stick with it. And um, so I was following them. I originally, Coastal was not on my radar. They weren't, I wasn't on theirs either. We just never really crossed paths. And then the rule change happened. And at that point, I think I was, it was towards, it was my sophomore year of high school, maybe towards the end of it. And then the rule change happened. And then, so a lot of college coaches kind of sucked suck themselves out of it because they were a little scared to contact players. So I was kind of like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Because I kind of put some schools on the back burner and now I know they're not going to reach out. And I was like, what do I do now? And so uh, luckily I had a teammate already committed here. So my club coach helped me out and she was like, I think they're looking for a defender. So why don't you go down to camp with her and you guys can figure it out. And I went down there and I never, I honestly, prior to that year, I'd never heard of Coastal Carolina. I was very in my own bubble at home. And so I was like, yeah, I'll go. It's by the beach. Sounds fun. And then I came here and absolutely fell in love with it. Just fell in love with the campus, the area around it. And so September 1st came around. And after I went to that first camp, I was committed. I just loved it here. Mm -hmm. Well, what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college lacrosse when uh, you finally started playing as a freshman? Definitely the speed, of course. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard coming in when I'm a little 18 year old and then I have like a 22 year old beast upperclassmen that are just like they're they're amazing people and they're just such great athletes and I'm coming in and I'm just like wow I wasn't expecting this because where I grew up I didn't have anyone around me that was committed to college for lacrosse and so I didn't know what to expect I had no one to really talk to about it besides my club coach and that was pretty much it so I had no idea what to expect coming in besides that I definitely think the best thing I did for myself expectation wise is that I set no expectations for myself. And I think that's where I've talked about it with my, like my old teammates that are my class too. They come in and they're like, well, I did X, Y, and Z in high school. And they're wondering why they're not starting or playing when they get to college. It's like, I found it helped me out so much more to not be like, well, I had these accolades in high school because when you get to college, that's all wiped pretty much unless somehow it transfers over and you still can, be those like handle those type of accolades and still like hold yourself to them. But I think coming in just really, I came in and I was like the, all the defenders, their spots are taken. I'm just going to come in. I'm just going to play and see what I get out of it. So I think that really helped me out. You play in the a sun conference. Um, I think it's a pretty on not as well-known conference compared to some of the other ones in division one lacrosse. So Mm -hmm. just talk about what it's like playing in that and just the competition that you guys face each game. Yeah, it's definitely, um, we always look forward to it at the end of our season because that's when we just get a little bit more competitive than before. But I think there's definitely, um, we got some new teams that entered, like Lindenwood came in last year. And I mean, they, like that was a night, like a good addition to have because it also adds the competitiveness. And I mean, we ended up losing to them in season and then ended up seeing them again in the tournament and beat them. So that was 
like a good kind of change up. But I mean, then you have Liberty and Jacksonville who like seem to, they always seem to be the powerhouses of the ASUN. And I think when you look back and you look at the book and you're just like, I, I know that we can be up there and be, be up there with them. And they are great competition to have because they also, they're playing outside of the ASUN and they're playing better teams that are ranked higher. And so they're kind of bringing that in. So when we play them, it just gives us like a little bit more competitiveness because they've seen things that we haven't and we have to try to match that so it's definitely I used to be terrified to play them when I was younger obviously but now every time I see them on the calendar it's always such a countdown it's so exciting one of the most impressive things about you is off the field of how good you are academically uh, you're a very smart player so my question is how have you learned to balance both academics and lacrosse at such a high level I definitely would say I you just got to fight through to tiredness a lot of the time. I mean, I, when people ask me now, they're like, Oh, how is it being an athlete and being, and being like a biology major before I would, I would say it's fine. Like you just really get used to it. And just once you put yourself in the mindset of like, you can't take the free time that you have for granted, then it totally changes everything. I mean, I would come home from practice and immediately I'm going to my computer and I'm doing what I have to get done. And in season, it's not like we have that much time to do anything else if we wanted to anyways. So I'm like, what else am I going to do? Obviously, I'll just kind of prioritize my work and do that and then let everything else. If I have time for it, I have time for it. But just kind of knowing what my end goal is to what I want out of this, I'm not going to be able to go back and study more again or anything like that. So just kind of making the most out of everything. Now, let's talk about um, your time with Coastal Carolina thus far. So your first year with CC got cut short due to the COVID. Um, how'd you handle that challenge at university of now finishing that season, but also having the challenges in regards to finding a way to train and get ready for whenever you had games coming up since there was so much uncertainty regarding that. Yeah, that was a very interesting time for sure. I remember um, initially it was, oh my gosh, yes, we're done with lacrosse. We don't, cause we, are, we only had five games in and we're like, we're just like, yeah, we get to go home early. And I just remember coming home and thinking about the things that I did during the season that I just let slide and I really didn't push myself how I wanted to. And I think um, it was definitely a confidence boost to be able to get into a couple of games right before COVID happened. So I think if that didn't happen for me, being able to get an opportunity to play in games while like my freshman year, if that didn't happen, I definitely think I would have fell behind. So I think that pushed me even more to be like, okay, they trust me enough to play in a game. They have enough confidence in me then I need to carry that over for myself. And even though we have a we have COVID going on, I have to find some other way that I can still come back and be ready to go. So I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was, gyms were closed. I was just doing home workouts, body weight stuff all the time, all that kind of stuff. Just trying to figure out something that I can do just so I can stay either ahead or just try to get 1% better every single day. And that's kind of just my mindset that I had. Now, in your team improved significantly uh, from your sophomore to your junior year. I wanted to ask you about this because this is something I noticed uh, just looking at the prior seasons that you've been there. You guys had six wins your sophomore year after the COVID-19 pandemic in 2021. And then after that season in 2020, I guess, oh, in 2022. Then this year, um, last year in 2023, you guys had 11 wins. So what would you say? Uh, led your team to have success you had this past season going from six to 11 wins because it seemed like it was a down year because in the 2021 season you had 10 wins 
Um, and that's sort of the normalcy of what your team's been doing the past few years. So what was the reason for that down year? And then how'd you guys improve from that, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask in the yeah. least articulate way possible. <laughs> yeah. So uh, going into, so that year, um, that would have been my, yeah, my redshirt sophomore year. Uh, we had an entire new coaching staff come in and they ended up coming in um, just with the hiring process. I think we ended up getting started maybe late September. So we were already a little late to the game to begin with. And then that year prior, we had so many seniors come back as fifth years just because they had the extra year of eligibility from COVID. So every so then after they all left, we were left with a whole lineup of defenders that have never gotten into a game practically, except for maybe one or two. I think I was the only one that had game experience. And then we had a transfer come in and a couple transfers come in. So we that was a complete rebuilding year for us from position-wise and even our coaching staff still just trying to figure out like what what our team is like kind of what our vibe is what we're there for and kind of what they can do with us so i think that was definitely a rebuilding year for sure and just growth and kind of figuring out get letting the coaches get a chance to figure us out a little bit more and knowing what they have to do to make us more coachable and just kind of figuring that out because they had a team full of girls that they had no idea they didn't recruit any of us anything like that they had no idea who we were so they were still trying to figure us out the whole entire time and seeing like what we could take from them and that kind of thing. Yeah. And how'd you sort of get out of that this past year? Um, because it seems like once you got used to the coaching staff, it seemed things got much better from there. I think a lot of it was after that year, we looked back and we were just like, that was not coastal lacrosse at all. And I think everyone on our team could agree with that, that that was not our standard, that everything that the program was leading up to that, that, se that season seemed to just, it felt like it erased everything that we did. And so we knew that that's not the team we want to be. We don't want to start be a team that starts off previously a top 50 team and then immediately drops down to a top 80 team. That's just not, that's not what we wanted. And I think everyone else realized that. And because we were such a young team too, we were just like, we still have more time. There's no reason that like, this isn't over yet. So a lot of us that were on that, that team, that six and 11 team or whatever it was, we're all still here now. So we are still like, we were like, we do, we will never be that team again. And that just wasn't, we kind of lost ourselves, I think. So the following year, we we're like, let's get back to what we know. We want to be pushed more. We want to win more games because our first, that year with our, the first year with them, that just wasn't our best showing at all. And you improved a lot from those two years as well. Um, what would you say has been the biggest improvement you've made to your game since you started college, specifically between your redshirt sophomore and junior year? I think um, a lot of it is just, I really started to understand my role instead of thinking I'm someone that has to do it all and everyone has to do everything. It's just kind of recognizing like where your strengths are and like where you can excel. So I, once I realized that and I started playing like that and changed my mindset, the rest of the pieces just fell into place. And I think also, again, I'm a lot of lasts are coming up. And so I was like, I'm almost done here. I don't want to have any regrets because I don't want to have wasted my first two years just kind of skating by when this year I still have time to make more changes. And I knew I wasn't done and I still wanted to keep improving. Well, last year, your team lost to Jacksonville in the ASUN uh, conference tournament. Uh, what did you take away from your team's performance in that tournament? And what do you feel like your team needs to do to get further in the conference tournament? because Jacksonville seems to be giving you guys problems every time uh, you guys face them in that. I think they've eliminated you your three years you've played with Coastal. 
um, which is I've never seen that before. So I'm just curious what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, they're they're definitely very competitive, very good team, obviously. I mean, it's always so much fun playing them. I think just the struggle that we have is just like we are so we just got to say, screw it. It doesn't matter. We have nothing to lose. And I think once we kind of change that mindset, I think that's because it seems like half and half of the people have it. A lot of them are upperclassmen because they don't. it's our last year. And so I think once we change that kind of mindset and think like that, I think that's very beneficial because a lot of the times that you do play teams, you lose it because of your mindset. You go in feeling scared. You don't want to take those kind of risks and you don't want to play for the person next to you because you're more worried about yourself. That's kind of where things fall apart. So I think that's another thing we've been working on a lot this year is kind of trusting the process and just kind of getting through it. So come when we play them this year, I think the past three years that I've had with this new coaching staff, we've been making leaps every single year. So I think that this is another way that we can come out and surprise them. They might think we're the same team as always, but I don't think that they're ready to see the kind of adjustments that we made. And hopefully it'll all be, all be worth it in the end. For sure. For sure. Well, I, I believe in you guys. I think, uh, I think uh, you guys have made a lot of improvements since the new coaching staff has joined. So I think obviously when you make improvements, you're going to have to take those next steps each year. And I feel like that's probably the next step uh, for your team is to make it out of that tournament and make the NCAA tournament, which I think is very possible with all the experience that you have in your roster for this year. Yeah, definitely. So that's, yeah, that's always our ultimate goal, but just, yeah, like you said it perfectly, just the experience that we have too. I think a lot of us have now we have, more years under our belt and we're just ready to go. And we just are, we have nothing left to lose again. We're almost done. So we just really want to put ourselves out there. Well, let's transition now to a segment. I like to call five questions that have nothing to do with sports. And the goal of the segment is to hopefully get to know you a little bit more off the field. And if you need any time to think about your response, I'll be happy to give you mine. But uh, the first one is if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself? Ooh, this is a man, but I love Robert Pattinson. I think he's so quirky and like weird off screen and just stuff like that. And I think he's just like a funny actor and he's one of my favorite ones. So if I had to have him play a woman, it'd be me. Yeah, I actually never thought that's kind of a good, um, not a good answer. What um, actress, if you're a male, would you want to play yourself? With yeah. actor? I'd say yeah. for me. Uh, probably Margot Robbie. I think that'd be pretty hilarious to see her yeah, playing yeah. the movie. So I really liked her in um the Suicide Squad movie uh, with Joker. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. So I'll yeah. probably go with her. Yeah. Um, next one is it's obviously the holiday season. So what is the most underrated holiday and what's the most uh, overrated holiday? I would say the most underrated holiday, St. Patrick's Day for sure. That's so that's one of my favorite holidays and. It's just so much fun and it's just always a good time. I don't know. And then the most overrated, hmm, I probably Halloween. I love the aesthetic around it, but the holiday itself, I'm always disappointed when it ends. So I think it's overrated. I agree with you. It's I think once you become more of a, once you become an adult, um, the best part about the holiday goes away, which is trick-or-treating. It's like yeah. getting away, giving not taking it's like once you become adult you can't exchange gifts on christmas like that's the right. whole point of the holiday it's the best part so right, right. um it's not the same without trick-or-treating so that's why i find it very overrated especially since i'm not yeah. the biggest fan of dressing up and all the halloween aesthetics like you mentioned 
Yeah. Um, I would say for me though, underrated probably Thanksgiving because you don't have the pressure of giving a gift or coming up with a costume and also like you're just watching football and eating food. So that's pretty it's a pretty good time for the most part. Yeah, for sure. That was this Thanksgiving was a good time. That's exactly what I did. It was great. Now, who has the best off the field style on the Coastal Carolina women's lacrosse team besides yourself, Jordan? Because I think you might have the best style on the team. I really like the horseshoe necklace a lot. Oh, thanks. Uh, someone thought it was the Colts. Not. <laughs> I'm glad you knew it was a horseshoe. Um, ooh, best off the field style. Oh my gosh, I gotta run through my classes. Um, I'm probably gonna have to. I feel like someone who dresses very similar to I do that I dresses very similar to me is my other co-captain Claudia Kelly. She's a defender too. We just both dress very similar and kind of have the same style. So I would definitely say her. Now, last down the cross question is, uh, what is one what is one place on your bucket list that you'd like to visit one day? One place? Yes. Ooh, I definitely want to go. I was just talking about this the other day, actually, with some of my um, teammates. I really want to go to some some European country and then take a cooking class there and just kind of really do that. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of fun, just kind of with the culture and that kind of stuff, that kind of change. And then being able to go somewhere else and just learn something new too. I think that's my number one bucket list item. Yeah. I feel like it's gotta be Italy. They have probably the best food in my yeah. opinion. So yeah, that's cause we're, she's um one, one of them was Italian. She was like, I've been waiting to go over there. Like my parents <laughs> really want me to go. And I was like, well, if you go, I'll come with you. I mean, I really want to go. I'd be fun. Mine's a little bit off, a very different from yours. I would probably be West Coast. I would like to go there. I think that looks like a good time or like Canada, something like that. I think those places look pretty neat to visit just because there's like a lot of stuff to do. And I just want yeah. to explore. And I feel like you can explore a lot um, in yeah. those areas. Yeah, I would say definitely. Um, I would always go out to Wyoming a lot when I was younger. That type of area is so. That's a so little too rural for me. I would say probably big. like Los Angeles or. Seattle. Oh, yeah or san diego like oh yeah grand canyon like stuff like vegas i think those would be cool spots to, to visit yeah. in yosemite national park as well yeah my family's big into hiking and outdoors and that kind of stuff so we all we go over the west coast like usually like once every other year once a year it's really nice yeah. though it's definitely yeah. worth it well let's get back to some lacrosse questions now uh first one is what should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective i think doing things like this and having a podcast where you interview like current college players and even I saw you had some from the past also that used to play just doing that and kind of getting that exposure and kind of hearing what it's like because there's so many people especially down south they're like I've never even heard of lacrosse I've never even seen it and just kind of putting it out there just through little different channels like whether it's online or something or whether it's in person like we'll go out and hold random clinics down here and stuff like that and just have people come out and have girls that have really never even they've never heard of lacrosse just come out and try it and it's really cool because you see it kind of growing a lot more down here and it's nice having our team being down here, being able to help out with club teams. And we've definitely been able to see it grow a lot more versus my freshman year versus now where I've helped out this past summer coaching some of the younger girls. There's just, you hear of so many more people now just in Conway in this kind of area that want to play lacrosse and want to get into it. So just almost like not putting it in their face, but just being like, Hey, it's here, it's out yeah. here. And then I think that just kind of builds and just kind of makes more people want to try it out. For sure. For sure. I appreciate the kind words. And yeah, part of the goal of this podcast is at least from my experiences, I feel like a, 
and I don't mean this in like in a bad way, but it seems like a lot of certain players and teams get more coverage than the rest of uh, the country. So the goal is to hopefully give uh, certain players and teams that might not get as much recognition the chances or talk about their experiences because I think that will ultimately help the sport uh, grow and get more recognition. So I appreciate you recognizing that that was a, a partly intentional on my part. So yeah, yeah, no, it's I think it's awesome what you're doing. I think this is really cool because I haven't seen many other like women's across podcasts or anything like that. And I've never, I don't, honestly, I don't think I have at all. So it's really cool to see you doing something different. That's, I mean, I was going through and I was scrolling through, I was like, this is cool girls from here, here and here. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't hear anything about them either. So it's really cool. And I think it's just great exposure for everyone. Well, I thank you for the kind words. It means a lot to me. Well, before we end things off, Jordan, do you have any shout outs you want to give to your teammates, family members, and friends? And uh, obviously i even though you're the first coastal player to be on the podcast, I don't want you to be the last. So who should we have on next uh, from your team? Um, Oh, if I had to, I would say someone who can give you a different perspective on the team that just from the two of us, my good friend, another captain, Avery McElwain, she's a senior and she is phenomenal. And she just, just would provide a totally different perspective than what I would see, but her and I are very good friends. She's a phenomenal player, great person, but I think she'd be great. Um, but Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I think you're a great player and an even better person. I just want to let you know that. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.